Before we get started, before any of this starts, I'd like to remind you that you can experience an ad-free version of this by clicking the link in the description that says plus.acast.com slash s slash Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Exurgat Deus Dispentur Dimitrius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Archangelae, defende nos in proelio. Contra nequitiamet insidias diaboli est opraesidium. Imperetili Deus, supplicas imprecamur, tuque princeps militae calestis, satra maliosque spiritus malignos que ad perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute, in infernum netrude. Amen. Coriesu sacratissimum miserere nobis, mater dolorosa, ora pro nobis. Beatis Carolus domo Austriae, ora pro nobis. Domine, ostende facium tuum et salvi erimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata Conceptio Est. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. I want to start today by just taking on the whole Elon Musk Twitter social media thing. I haven't spoken about it. If I have, I probably just made a few sidebar comments. But I just saw a little short video where somebody was talking about how... Elon has managed to put his life on the line when he decided to overpay for Twitter. Now, of course, I say overpay for Twitter because Twitter was a sinkhole for cash. Um, some of the best estimates say that they were losing something to the tune of right around three billion dollars per year, and they were on the and they were, of course, on the take from the federal government in order, largely, in order to keep afloat. And however they managed to cook the books really is unimportant. What is important is that you understand this. Jack Dorsey had an idea. A microblog that could eventually become the town square where people could come together and talk. Now, there's a problem when you get to be a certain size. And that is, people like to try to put their hooks 
into it. And they want to try and do everything that they can to attach strings. And by people, I mean politicians. And by politicians, I mean the deep state. And by the deep state, I mean that scumbag FBI or CIA agent who, who believes that they're doing something good for king and country and are actually betraying the very people that they swore to serve. And every last one of them, short of their repentance, is probably going to burn in hell. Pray that they repent. <clears throat> the meat hooks got in. And this is actually the important part. Twitter is an intelligence operation at its core because that is what a centralized town square is. It is an intelligence operation. Now, you may be up there sharing your little recipes for apple pie or roast beef or whatever, and in general, you're not going to see it. You'll maybe get a few dozen likes or whatever. You might be a major star, you know, vis-a-vis -vis James Woods or whatever, and you get, you know, a couple, a couple thousand people to interact. Or you might be someone huge like Donald Trump. Donald Trump, 85 million followers, etc. Before he became the president of the United States, he was he was one of the most followed people on Twitter. And that largely misses everything. You see, because for all of the things that people don't comprehend, all of the things that you never see but you hear about, people complaining about how there's child pornography on Twitter, of course there's child pornography on Twitter. Of course there are links to child pornography on Twitter. Scratch the surface of any of those porno sites and you're going to find some serious debauchery going on. And by debauchery, I'm not just talking about lewd and lascivious behavior. I'm talking about things that are truly, truly dark and truly, truly horrifying. And it was actually in the government's best interest. Point of fact, it was in all government's best interests for that to exist on the platform. Now that sounds somewhat counterintuitive, and I'm sure that there's at least a couple of people who are not just nodding their heads along going, okay, well, yeah, that makes sense. Because in all, in all honesty, it should be horrifying. The very idea that your government would want child pornography and various other illicit activities on a public sharing platform such as Twitter. But they do. And those people who weren't nodding along, those people who are shocked, are also failing to comprehend that we're talking about the same government that had the MK Ultra program. We're talking about the same government that was importing heavy-grade narcotics and other, and other quote-unquote controlled substances in order to fund secret operations in countries that you probably couldn't even find on a map to do things in order to destabilize nations that until we went to war with them, you definitely had no idea where they were on a map. As a young man, I generally understood government to be evil. My friends, <clears throat> deluded as they were, would say, yeah, but it's a necessary evil. To which I would respond, no, there isn't a version of the universe where evil is actually necessary. And even as an anarcho-capitalist or as a libertarian, even in the depths of my occultish mind, I understood that evil is never actually necessary. Now, 
My occultish mind did look at evil as an occasional tool that was usable in case of emergency or sometimes in case of something you really want. And so I was not averse to doing tremendously evil things during most of that time period. And to be perfectly honest with you, I think that's probably the biggest temptation that I fight today is not doing those evil things because it would be simpler to just do the evil thing and wipe away the insanity. Except that to do the evil thing is also, to my now Catholic mind, insane. But the temptation is in fact still there. Genocide, while a quote-unquote travesty, is still a viable option if you really want to win a particular conflict. Now, victory in that particular case, well, <clears throat> comes with a price. And as our friends in the CIA and the FBI and the NSA and all of the other so-called three-letter agencies of the deep state will understand when they go to meet Christ and they go to reap their eternal reward, they will find out that all of that evil does, in fact, have a price. May they repent before that day comes. And that day cometh quickly. But the same government that ran MK Ultra experiments, the same government that lied, not just to the American people, but to the people over the whole world about COVID-19, its origins, its cures, etc. And mind you, the, just like the, I don't know, 60 or 70 different lies categorized that in COVID-19 should actually wake everybody up and make them realize that these people actually lie as a matter of course, because whatever it is that they're saying is said in order to achieve a particular goal that they're aiming for. And whether or not you can see the target that they're aiming for, you must never, ever, ever doubt that there is in fact a target. And Twitter was the biggest lie machine of them all. Because if you are not paying for the service, then you are the product. And the question that you have to ask yourself is who is paying for the product? Over these last few weeks, they've been releasing the quote-unquote Twitter files, thereby revealing who was buying the product. There are some quote-unquote national security concerns that we should have, given the fact that Twitter is in fact a quote-unquote multinational corporation. I'm going to stop saying quote-unquote because that's coming up a lot. <clears throat> but because Twitter is a multinational corporation, supposedly, you have to ask yourself, okay, well, what? Uh, we now know what the U.S. government was paying for. Not in full, that's coming out week by week, but we do know what the U.S. government was paying for. The U.S. government was paying for control. But what was the German government paying for? Remember, for those of you who've never used Twitter, occasionally you'll get a notification about something that you say, especially if it's really spicy, that indicates that you may have violated a lo the laws of a particular country. Now, my tweets have violated the laws in both Germany and Pakistan. Not all of them, but a couple of them. And it's kind of important to understand 
that if they that if the German government were to connect the dots and there was and it, and there there's not a particular statute of limitations, then if I were to fly to Germany, I could in fact be arrested should they connect all of those dots. I have no reason to believe that they would bother for an account that has, I don't know, less than a thousand followers. But it is a non-zero chance and there is a possibility, even if it is very slight, that they could put two and two together when I happen to be passing through Germany and they say, hey, you, Caleb the Mechanic, are under arrest. Likewise, and this is less fun, in Pakistan, <laughs> granted, I'll never be traveling through Pakistan unless, well, no, I'll never be traveling through Pakistan because even the last time I came close to Pakistan, it would have only been to drop bombs. <clears throat> but in Pakistan, I could be arrested. Now, the trouble with Muslim governments is that maybe I'm not in Pakistan. Maybe I'm in Turkey. If I were to pass through Turkey and somebody were to put two and two together and they were to decide to come after an account that has less than a thousand followers, then things could get really, really hairy vis-a-vis -vis Jamal Khashoggi. But who's paying for that? Granted, like I said, it's only a non-zero chance. It might be a point zero 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 one percent chance. Might be more. Who knows? I don't know. I just know that the chance is not zero. The chance is not zero that I could unknowingly have some kind of a fatwa out on my head. Be it either, you know, the more civilized German version or the less civilized Pakistani version. And this, this is actually the sort of thing that you should probably have on your mind. Because Meta is a multinational corporation. It is also a sort of public square. Instagram, multinational corporation, also a public square. TikTok, multinational corporation, also a public square. But TikTok is the overt version. It's the one that we all know that the Chinese government isn't just spying on, you know, what you post on TikTok. They're also getting all of the data off of your device. They know who your contacts are. If you're one of those people who's silly enough to put your parents' name as mom or dad in your phone under your contacts... If you're silly enough to put brother or sister in your phone under your contacts, which by the way, in case you did not know, you should never do. Oh, there's a, I, I can almost hear a couple of people going, I'm sorry, what? I shouldn't put mom as mom in my phone? Correct. Correct. The smart money would simply to use their first name and their, and the first initial of their last name. That would be the smart money. If your parents have a different last name than you because they've been divorced and remarried, yes, that does exist. Try not to clutch your pearls too hard there, traditional Catholics. <clears throat> but those people do exist. Then putting in their first name and their last name and not who they are relative to you is smart. 
my parents are listed under their names. Not enough information in that address book so that, so that they could necessarily be identified. You would have to go the extra step and actually listen in on a conversation to find out if I'm talking to my parents. Likewise, my sister. My aunts, my uncles, nobody is in my phone according to their relationship. They're in my phone according to their name. And the reason for that is, is I learned long ago that if your phone gets stolen, they know who your family is now. Whoever it is who stole the phone, they know who your family is. They know every single person in your family. So the smart money would be, one, don't put stuff like best friend. Don't put boyfriend, girlfriend, waifu. None of that. None of that. Especially if you happen to be one of those silly people that actually has an app like TikTok on your phone. Now, I say like TikTok because Facebook is like TikTok in that manner. It's designed to be. In fact, if you have Facebook on your phone, then chances are you sort of stupidly hit allow when you said when, when you loaded up the, the program for the first time and it said allow Facebook access to your contacts and media. And when you hit allow, you gave the CIA, the NSA, and the FBI all access to your phone. Think I'm lying? <laughs> Dear family, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. In case you hadn't noticed, I use Twitter. Why did I, why, oh, and by the way, if you do happen to follow me on Twitter, you may actually have noticed that recently I got the blue check. Why did I do that? I did that specifically so that I am now no longer the product. Now, the public square is the product for me. And access to the public square is the product for me. You switch the relationship. I am now no longer the product being purchased by the FBI, NSA, CIA, etc., MI5, Mossad, or whoever, pick your intel agency, even your contracting intel agency. The fact is, is I am now no longer the, I am now no longer their product. They, well, they're not exactly my product, but at least Twitter is my product, is the product that I am now purchasing. Now, you may be all like, well, I'm not spending eight bucks a month for that. Okay, cool. Congratulations. If you're not spending the eight bucks a month for that, then you are my product. Because I pay that eight bucks a month specifically to increase the reach and scope of everything that it is that I say. Why? Because I want Catholic ideas to be out there. Period. Full stop. I want Catholic ideas to be out there. And so you, the Twitter user without the blue check, are now the product. And the product is the exposure of you to Catholic ideas. To concepts that are beyond the normal, the norm for most people. Now, when I get some time, I'm actually going to invest 
time into maximizing how that works for me. Not because Twitter is a great company, but because I refuse to be the product. And I will tell you that $8 is too little to pay for something like Twitter if I want security. Because if I want security, then I, need, then I should be paying something like $50 per month. You're like, Caleb, that's insane. No, it's not. It's not insane. If you're using a free service, you're the product. There are exceptions. And you don't want to reach into those cesspools where you're not the product. Because those cesspools, like 4chan, are filled with loads of other stuff that you really don't want to be associated with. And so the product there is actually the, 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 the cess that goes into that pool, for lack of a better way to say that. Because the product there is the anonymity, is the ability to spew off at the mouth or off at the camera or whatever and still have some, and I say off at the camera, I'm talking about photographs. Twitter was an op. People forget that the internet was created by the Department of Defense. People forget that the internet was created by the intelligence agencies for the intelligence agencies. The fact that you get to do commerce there is secondary. And we should all know this by now. This is too... We are five days away from the 10th anniversary of Edward Sn of the 10th uh, being 10 years away from when Edward Snowden came out and flatly said that all of these big tech companies Microsoft, Google, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube they were all working and cooperating with the national security agencies all of them, the Department of Homeland Security, the NSA, CIA, FBI, etc. All of them. And they were being used and utilized in partnerships with the government to spy on you. Oh, of course, in public they would say, well, you know, we're really spying and just happen to be catching, trying to catch Saudi Arabian princes from doing blah, 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 or whatever garbage they were putting out. But the fact is, is that you the public are the product. You're the product. If you're not paying for the service, you're the product. Even if you are paying for the service, depending on how much you're paying, you might still be the product. $8 a month, I'm still the product. I know I'm still the product for the intelligence agencies. I'm the product so that if, if I happen to get big enough and I say something against the grain that's against the grain enough, Funny little, funny little silent helicopter and little black and little black black clad commandos are going to come, knock on the door and kick this place in, and I am going to disappear. Or at least that's what they hope. <clears throat> and you know, 
it's a 50-50 shot at this point. Those are the facts. Why is Elon Musk taking it, his life into his own hands? He bought a company. He overpaid for the company, I still believe. And then he found out that this company was basically a fully operational 24 hours a day, seven days a week intelligence operation for both domestic and foreign intelligence operations. You should already be aware by now that they've been talking about this thing called a public-private partnership, which is where major corporations partner with government and they come together for that which is in the sort of best interest, supposedly of the people. It's never of the best interest of the people. It's actually the best interest for greater control. Why? Because that's what governments want, is control. Our Heavenly Father warned the prophet Samuel of this. Told Samuel, this is what's going to happen when they asked the prophet Samuel for a king. He said, this is what's going to happen. And the king, and here's the thing that blows my mind, is that we can look at good kings, David, Solomon, being the two being the two principal exemplars in the Old Testament. There were others. There were others. They're listed. It's a brief it's a brief story because what's actually in sacred scripture in the Old Testament are the controversies. It's not actually when everything was going good. So they would actually have and king so and so followed the faith of his fathers and they and they reigned on the throne for th for 20 something years or whatever and then they had children and blah 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 and this that and the other and then the next king so there were good kings. There were, there were faithful kings in the Old Testament. We have the testimony of faithful kings in the New from the New Testament on, because obviously not in the New Testament, but, you know, from right around Constantine, you go Constantine and then Clovis and Charlemagne and so on and so forth. And, you know, and King St. Louis, uh, St. King Louis the Ninth. Isabella Catolica, like there are legendary kings and queens throughout history that were <clears throat> faithful, nearly saintly, or at least good for, the, for their people, even if they weren't living the best lives themselves. We have holy popes through that course of history. What you don't have is you don't have holy presidents, and you don't have holy prime ministers, and you don't have, in the last 250 years, when we've been doing this sort of democratic experiment, what we have never had is a saintly politician. And there's a reason. The reason is simply democracy looks like Barabbas being freed and Christ being crucified. If you get to vote for it, if the people around you get to vote for it, it's never going to be the good thing because the majority gets what they want. Now, we had a bulwark in this system in the American Republic that made sure that while the majority can get what they want, nothing the majority does is supposed to impinge on the minority. 
But clearly, you look across the country, you can tell that crap's not working anymore. That hasn't been working in a very long time. And they did that on purpose, beginning with Woodrow Wilson and working your way through. Because once you pass the 16th and 17th Amendments, which are the income tax and the democratic election of senators, you take away the opportunity for people to put the brakes on really bad ideas. And that's how the American government was designed. The reason why we were able to do what we did over the last 200 years, the reason why we were able to get to where we were, to where we were, was specifically because our government was designed to stop the good idea fairy from sprinkling her rainbow-colored crap all over everything. But, out of that era came something else. Out of that exact same era came the FBI. The world's first domestic terror organization. Let me say that again. The world's first organization designed at its inception to terrorize not everybody else, not everybody outside the United States, but everyone inside the United States. So while Jack Dorsey came up with a really cool program, I don't know if he necessarily, he himself came up with it, but whatever. While Jack Dorsey came up with a really cool program called Twitter, what happened? It was not long before the government started putting their own interests in. And you can tell by the sheer massive, ridiculous number of government agents who Elon Musk has fired from Twitter, who were former FBI, former CIA. And Dorsey himself getting invited to Davos. I don't think he's ever been. But, you know, the tech giants all have their own Davos. They meet once a year in Idaho. Yeah, that's right. I said they meet once a year in Idaho. Think about that. Hey, why would they meet over there? Because no one would ever think to find them there. See, Davos is obvious. Business tycoons and everybody. You know, Davos in Switzerland, that's obvious because Switzerland has always been neutral territory. So that's like the one place everybody can go, and so it makes perfect sense. Well, Idaho is the place no one would think of. And the tech giants all have their own Davos. So you have the World Economic Forum, you have the Bilderbergs, which thankfully they got too old to keep that going, but whatevs. They would be replaced by the, they would re be replaced by the World Economic Forum essentially, but it's funny how the same cast of characters are involved in both. You get the, you get Clintons, you get Rothschilds, you get Soros, you get you know the Gateses. How do you pluralize the name Gates? Anyway, doesn't matter. And they all run in the same circles, and they all do the same thing. 
And it's not what they tell you they're doing that's really important. It's the crap that you have to actually try and dig in and find out about because no one's going to tell you that Twitter is an Intel op. Musk had to find out the hard way. Why are they really going after Musk? It's not because Musk is going out there talking about free speech. It's because Musk actually believed in the concept of America because like most immigrants from countries that are turning themselves into crap holes, he believed in the idea that was America. And he has good reason to believe because he shows up in our country with $1,000 in his pocket and he manages to be there for the founding of, of PayPal. And he makes enough money to buy Tesla from those two yahoos who were going to drive it into the dirt before it could even get off the ground. And then he founds SpaceX and the Boring Company. And he's figured out he's got, he, like, he has to have room for all of these newer and bigger technologies, these newer and bigger ideas. Why? Because like most people who don't understand the system, the system is designed... And this should be obvious. <clears throat> Let me back up. We are more than $30 trillion in debt as a nation. We have a gross domestic product that middles, that, that tops out right about the middle of, 20, of the 20s in trillions of dollars. So between 24 and $26 trillion, depending on how bad the president is. We have $6 trillion more in debt than we have in in active money and active resources in the United States. Why is that? Why do the people think that's a good thing? Why do because they understand the thing that we don't we the plebs on the ground don't. Since 1971, money has not been real. We conned the world into into thinking that we were going to go ahead and back our money with petrol. And that worked for a long time, but the fact, and especially since the more petrol that you dig out of the ground, the more money you can print, ostensibly. And we were operating like that for a while. And then the green weenies got in charge of things, and they said, you know what, we really don't want to deal with petrol anymore, and they've been trying to shut petrol down. And they haven't been able to shut petrol down, because petrol is still tied to the dollar, at least in the minds of most people. Petrol is still energy, at least in the minds of most people. And so if you shut down the energy industry, then you're shutting down the dollar. And no matter what you do, we're going to end up collapsing the whole thing. And it's not going to collapse nice and soft like a souffle. It's going to collapse like Seven World Trade Center. After it's been blown up. And they've moved on to the thing that keeps... People like Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates and Elon Musk and Donald Trump and Warren Buffett, etc. They've switched to the same thing that keeps all of them from paying taxes. The same system that those people use to not pay taxes. They take out loans. They take out loans, they use the loans for money, and they keep the cash flowing around the world. The problem is, is that this is a magnificently usurious system. Because if, if debt is now actually money, then the more debt you take out, the more money you have, the more you can keep the cash flowing. And by cash flowing, I mean actually moving from place to place to place to place to place. And I remember 
as I was getting this lesson, and it just kind of popped into my head right now, I do remember in econ class in high school that the economy is about money movement. Let me say that again. A quote-unquote prosperous economy is about the maximum flow of money. The flow of money. So what are some things that stop cash flow? Well, savings stops cash flow. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Let me say that again. Savings stops cash flow. So what were you taught as a kid? You work hard, you you work hard, you get a paycheck, you save your money, you get out of debt, you buy a house, you buy a car, you do a thing, right? That's the system that gets drilled into you in school. That's what they're constantly telling you. And there are very few people who break out of that hypnotic state and actually find out that, no, that's not how you make money. The way you make money is that you manage to move it around a lot. So you take out a loan, you buy a piece of real estate, you rent out that piece of real estate. So that that piece of real estate is now bringing in money. You now use that cash flow to take out another loan, buy another piece of real estate, lather, rinse, repeat. You do that a few times until you're in the millions of air. And then maybe, and then maybe you take some of that and you open up and you start a business or maybe two businesses because one of those is going to fail. Just ask Donald Trump. Donald Trump is the, is the owner and founder of some 540 companies. 36 of those companies have gone bankrupt. The Trump organization is an umbrella organization over dozens and dozens and dozens 
of other companies. Most of those companies, all of the successful ones are what? They are hotels where you go and you rent space for a night or a couple of nights or maybe a week and you send money. Those hotels generate money. That money comes in. They pay They pay the people that are working there. They pay the people to keep the place fixed up. They pay They pay construction agents to build to build new structures. They do all of those things. But that, but what is actually happening is the money comes in vis-a-vis the tenants it go, and it goes out vis-a-vis the new builders, which creates new tenants, which generates more money, which allows him to take out more loans. And because he's taking and because he's constantly taking out loans and he's constant and he's constantly building new things, he pays no taxes. Well, there's a problem because the government doesn't make anything. They don't make, they don't design anything. Now they'll pay researchers for stuff and they'll get patents like the patent that was just uh, cleared, that just cleared the U S patent office a couple of years ago for roughly an F an SUV sized nuclear fusion reactor. Bet you missed that on the news. And this was a couple of years ago because they actually believe that they are this close to nuclear fusion. Well, that's going to go to a private company, quote unquote private, not really a private company, but it's going to go to a government contractor who's going to build the thing, who's actually going to put the thing in use. And then they're actually going to start manufacturing the thing if they can get the thing to work. And that'll spawn off more companies, more companies, more companies, etc. But the government themselves, they don't make anything. However, they do hold the patent for Velcro. They don't make anything directly, I should say. The government dumped millions of dollars into companies like Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman, Boeing, etc. to develop the space program. Out of the space program, you got inventions like boron, car- like, <clears throat> like boron carbide body armor, which was not originally body armor, that was heat shielding. Velcro, Kevlar. All of these things are new inventions because they were because they had money dumped into them because they had a problem to solve. But it was a private company that was actually managing the money that was actually getting everything running. Do you see the military-industrial complex operating, and do you now see how the intelligence agencies did the same thing with big tech? Let me just take a pause right there. Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman, Boeing, McDonnell Douglas, North American Av- Aviation, Convair. All of these companies are responsible for the space race. The space race was designed to solve a particular problem. They came out with advanced t- they came out with new and advanced technologies as a result of it. New things that came out that were then sold to other companies. The patent to, the patents were leased or or licensed or whatever, and other companies were then able to make these products and provide them to the general public, which is why you can have tooth uh, um Dental floss, you know those little toothpick dental floss things? There's a company that makes those with Kevlar fiber. That's aramid fiber being used in the little dental floss toothbrush thing. Why? Because it works. Not just that, but because they can also turn around and advertise it as this is made with Kevlar. It's extra durable. You can use it on your whole mouth before you have to throw it away. Kevlar does have that many wide applications, but Kevlar would not exist if not for the space program. And that is how the government creates things. The problem is is that the government wants to do new things. They want to do bigger things. They want to do things that are significantly more expensive. And so what do they have to do? They have to find new things to do. Well, let's back up. 
The Global War on Terror. The Global War on Terror brought us some significant advances in technology. While I was serving in the military, I saw the, the miniaturization of thermal vision from this ridiculously large 1980s video camera system that was required in order to operate in order to operate that only operated in one color that would eventually end up in a package roughly the size of a of a laser mouse like you take the mouse from your computer it's right about that size and that is now a thermal sight that can be worn on the helmet of a dismounted troop and more than that they managed to take it a step further because it is also combined with night vision and you can place both of those images one on top of the other so that you have both a thermal feed and a night vision feed for maximum clarity and the maximum potential for identifying targets. In the next five years, that will be standard on new rifle scopes. You can look it up now. You already have it coming into play. They're kind of expensive now, but in a few years, they won't be. In part because inflation will manage to raise the dollar amount that people are spending, because they can, because they'll be making that much more, and in part because the technology will become significantly less expensive. It was the military that developed, it was, it was, it was the drive in the military to develop lithium, lithium ion and lithium polymer batteries. Tesla, Elon Musk, realized that they had this magnificent thing and then he took it the next step and the next step and the next step and now you have the batteries that provide ridiculous amounts of energy. And make no mistake about it, 82 kilowatts, which is roughly a couple hundred horsepower, kilowatts, that's nothing to sneeze at, considering the average home uses 1.5 kilowatts per hour. That's your refrigerator, your washing machine, your dryer, your air con your central air system, your television, your, your your television, your home computer, the charging the devices to charge all your phones, your vacuum cleaner, etc. The average home uses roughly 1.5 kilowatt hours. the Tesla puts out significantly more. Significantly more just to move their Roadster. And they've managed to take it to the point where they're building semi-trucks. Semi-trucks, pickup trucks, pickup trucks with ridiculous amounts of power and torque. That's why everybody's been lauding him took it one step further when he opened up SpaceX and he decided these are the targets that we're going to move and now we're actually getting closer and closer and closer to using conventional technologies to launch hundreds of people into space at a time. This was not done by the government, but the government will economize on it. They will maximize what they get out of it. The problem that you run into is that governments have a tendency to do what NASA did. NASA got fat and happy on its largesse. 
NASA got too institutionalized. They were taking people from specific schools with specific ideas. They were narrowing themselves down the way every bureaucracy does because that's what bureaucracies do. They decay over time. Except for the intelligence agency, which is, which is an agency that, that's founding principle was the decadence, the decadence of its agents and the people it keeps its eye on. Which is why the intelligence agencies seem to seem to morph into these bigger and bigger and massive blobs. Actually, no, they didn't seem to morph into that. Suddenly everybody's waking up going, holy crap, the intel agencies have way too much power. Nobody paid attention when Jerry Nadler was on, was on the news and said, you don't mess with the intel agencies because they can screw you over six ways from Sunday. Well, granted, it took them a lot longer with Donald Trump because as it turns out, compared to a politician, he was as clean as a priest's sheets. And yet they still managed to maneuver him. Why? Because in part, he still bought the lie. He bought the lie that America was a great place. He bought the lie that our system wasn't corrupted from its inception. And that's nothing against him. He's an optimist. He doesn't think in terms of what he can and can't do. He thinks, he thinks in terms of, I can do this now. How can I do that? Which seems impossible. How can I do that thing? That is the sign of an optimist. Is somebody who looks at a challenge and goes, hmm, how do I get over that challenge? I became an immense optimist when I was in the military because all of, because literally all of my solutions were bypass, overcome, destroy. That's how you deal with obstacles. You bypass the obstacle, you overcome the obstacle, you destroy the obstacle. Those are your three options in military thinking. Bypass, overcome, destroy. A billionaire's thought is, I can do this, how do I do that? Oh, this seems too big. How do I get over that hurdle? How, it's not I can't, it's how do I? And in many cases, they'll learn from somebody else. They'll go to somebody, who, they'll go to somebody who's been there and go, hey, I want to get into this, but how do I go about doing that in such a way where I can do X, Y, and Z? And then the other person who's been there will say, well, you want to do this, you want to do that, and you want to do this. Okay, cool. And then they'll go do that. They'll make some mistakes along the way. But in general, they'll go do that. And the next thing you know, they've made another $100 million. And the most important thing to understand is the people who are in Congress today, most of them, are not you. They are people who applied that thought process, and it's not a difficult thought process to, to, to bring in. We use it in Catholicism all the time. Think about it. I'm a sinner. How do I become a saint? See that? How do I love God more? How do I get closer to the cross of Christ? How do I get to heaven? How do I avoid purgatory? Those are the questions we ask. And we ask them all the time. They're the exact same questions that you would ask in the material world. 
And I think that might actually be one of the reasons why I've been looking at the particular stuff I've been looking at lately, despite the fact that it's not directly connected to the faith. It does have lessons that we use, that we use every day. The problem that we're running into now is you have people who are absolutely godless who understand that we've put in these structures, and these structures promote three things. Usury, sodomy, and abortion. And the collusion of those three things, usury, sodomy, and abortion, managed to comprise all, of, all four of the sins that cry out to heaven for justice. And so the question I'm asking myself now is not, what do I do? It's not... I don't know how to bring this down is how do we destroy that system? How do we take this system of usury, sodomy, and abortion and grind it down to dust? Tear the buildings down so that not even one stone remains laying atop another. A few weeks ago, the answer came to me. You don't have to be a voter. All you have to do is just show up and scare the and scare the ever ever loving panties off of the politicians who are who are casting the votes. You don't have to participate in the system. You can if you would like to, but you don't have to participate in the system. You show up when a politician says, "Oh, uh, we think we're going to go ahead and allow this law that permits ESG into our state." And you show up with 50 other Catholics. Because remember in in the politician's mind, if if he gets one phone call, that's a thousand voters. If he gets one letter, that's a thousand, that's a thousand, or excuse me, if he gets one letter, it's a thousand voters. If he gets one phone call, it's 10,000 voters. If somebody shows up, it's pretty much his entire district. Well, you get 50 people to show up at a congressman's office and say, do not pass this bill. Do not let this through. They're going to have to come up with a new way to get elected because you, 50 people, in their mind, represent 50,000, which in some cases might be bigger than their district. Your parish can single-handedly change the fate of your congressional district. And you don't even actually have to participate in the system. You don't even actually have to vote. All you got to do is show up. And you could pray. And you could talk. Or you can yell. You come up with a way. Say, do not do this. If you do this, we will drag you out and tar and feather you. We will drag you out into public. We will humiliate you. We will put you on social media. We'll make sure that you can never raise another dollar again. And you will not be the congressman of this district. And you'd best do that soon because in, an, in another few years, you're going to have to use guns. If you do this thing now, we can nip most of this in the bud. Because if you wait three years, we'll have to use guns. It will have to be violent. You can stop it now or go to war with it later. I'm watching this whole thing come, come to pass on Twitter and it made me realize that social media, the big tech companies, they are no different than any other part of the system. We think they're different because, you know, we can carry them around. You know, you're not carrying the entire Department of Defense in your pocket. But you are, however, carrying an, in, an Intel op, 
an intelligence gathering device in your pocket every single day. There's a group there. It happens to be a, a priest that, that, uh, mentioned something about his, his parish community started referring to that device as those stinking phones. Well, these things are more than just stinking phones. They are deadly. They are dangerous. They're dangerous to your soul. And in a, and in a lot of cases, they're dangerous physically to your body. You don't believe me? I'm not talking... And by the way, we're not even talking about 5G. We're talking about black bag operations. Remember, you go to a pro-life rally and you pray outside of abortion clinic or whatever. And they can actually prove you were there. Why? Because you probably carried that leash in your pocket. They can verify it was you. And a year later, they can send an FBI SWAT team of 26 agents and 15 automobiles to come collect you up. Like they've already been doing this year. And I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm saying this to make you aware. If you decide to actually organize your parish to go to go talk to your congressman, all of you need to leave your cell phones at home. Pick up a burner phone, like a little track phone for $20 or whatever if you want to get it on film. Get it on film and then throw away the phone. You know, record the video and then throw away the phone. Ditch it, grind it into dust. You wouldn't normally think that we would have to use these measures, but I got to tell you, from what I've seen, this is where we're at. This is where we're at. Elon Musk opened up and exposed the federal government working with Twitter, paying Twitter for the service of doing everything that they can to control the narrative which controlled the population. And not just control the narrative which control the population for elections, because yes, that was obvious, but also to control your health decisions and make sure that you were not able to receive informed consent. Let me put it this way. Elon Musk tweeted out a tweet said that Twitter is a social media company and a crime scene. It is a crime scene on a scale that has not been seen since the close of the Second World War when they opened up Dachau and found out that Dachau prison was a death camp. And the crimes committed by Twitter and the FBI and the CIA and the, and the Pentagon and the White House far exceed anything that has ever happened in the history of the world. Because in the history of the world, they did not ever, there was no point where the Nazis were able to conduct a science experiment on 300 million Americans. There is no way that the Nazis were able to, to, to conduct a medical experiment with an experimental technology on 4 billion people worldwide. Four billion people worldwide took the jab. Four billion people worldwide are at risk of blood, of blood clots, myocarditis, pericarditis, stroke and various other forms of died suddenly things. Four 
billion with a B. Four billion people. Never, the, that's a Nazi wet dream. The Nazis were only ever able to do that to eight million Jews. The companies of Pfizer, the Davos crowd, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Anthony Fauci, they were able to pull that on four billion. To put that in perspective, <laughs> to put that in perspective, that is 500 times the Holocaust. Four billion people, if the fatality rate is only five percent. Five percent. Let me say that again. Five percent. Five percent at four billion people is two hundred million dead. If it's at 1%, it's 40 million dead. This jab, with a fatality rate of only 1%, could kill more people than were killed in the First World War. This jab, just the jab, this is not, this is not talking about any of the other correlated things like COVID, the spike protein, the bioweapon nature of COVID, and, and all of the other related crap that's going on with it. Not to mention the experimental remdesivir and the other things that people have been trying to cook up for, for you know, to supposedly stop this thing. 1%. 40 million. And to and let me tell you, for those of you who think that you would see, oh, we could, it wouldn't possibly be 40 million people, we would see bodies in the streets. No, actually you would not. The United States of America could lose 40 million people in a year, and you would not just see bodies in the streets. And think about that, because that's roughly one-fifth of the American population little less. The United States of America could absorb 40 million dead and you wouldn't notice. Not significantly. What does this mean? This means that the age that you could just trust people is over. In truth, it should have been over in Garabandal. What's Garabandal got to do with anything? Should have been over when Our Lady when Our Lady appeared in Fatima. Should have been over when Our Lady appeared in Akita. Would have been over if the bishops and the priests and the cardinals would have all done their job. This would have been over. We would have actually had the scales pulled from our eyes much, much sooner, and we would fully understand that we have to verify everything we think we know. That means that you don't take even what I've said in this podcast as rote gospel. You go out and you try to find it and you verify it. <clears throat> and as always, you can email me, Caleb, at RadioFreeCatholic.com for specific questions. And I will point you in the direction that you can look to start to find these things out. Some of it 
may lead to a nothing burger. Most of it will not. Most of it will lead you down paths that you never thought possible. And in truth, I wouldn't have even been looking in this direction had I not gone to prison and had the lie taken from me 10 years ago. Wouldn't even be looking in these directions. Because the lie I was fed, that I believed, was that the justice system was in fact just. Can't believe it's been 10 years, wow. That's just crazy. So here we are. I should take a moment. What is it that says that you shouldn't that you should probably begin doubting things? Well, one, you should always doubt a politician before a priest, okay? You should always doubt a politician before a bishop. You should be able to trust a bishop more than you do a politician. That should have always been the case. In Garabandal, Our Lady appeared and said that bishops, priests, and cardinals are leading, are on, they are on the road to perdition themselves and they're leading the people to hell. What does that say? Implicitly, that says you cannot, I'll put it this way. <clears throat> Maria Conchita Gonzalez, and I believe her name, and I, even if her I'm always going to call her Maria Conchita Gonzalez because it just sounds better. But Conchita, the part of her name that I absolutely can verify, she had an apparition when she was trying to enter into the convent after all of these things happened. And that apparition told her, our Lord telling her, because she begged him. She was like, but don't you love me? I want to, I want to enter into the convent. And Christ said, I love you. I will love you out there. Don't stay here. The implication was, I will love you out in the world. Think about that. I will love you out in the world. The implication when he says, when our Lord says this, is that it is safer for your soul out in the world amidst one of the three big enemies of the human soul. Think about this. Our enemies are what? The world, the flesh, the devil. And we always seem to name them in that, in that order, the world, the flesh, and the devil. It is safer for her soul to be out in the world than to enter into cloistered religious life. That should have been the clue. Would have been the clue had anybody done their job and actually told about, and actually said, hey, this, I don't understand how you get, you know, a natural beings to levitate because, because these four kids levitated I don't know how you get that. I don't know how you get that. And at a minimum, you should say it was something preternatural. But if it was merely preternatural, then there would have been some kind of heresy. And they painted themselves into a corner on that one because they said that there was absolutely nothing contradictory to the faith in any of the messages and any of the things that had happened in Garabandal. So it couldn't just be preternatural because it would have had to been some poison. Instead... They were just like, we just don't understand. We don't see anything supernatural about it. So they skipped. So somewhere they're saying that there's a natural way that you can levitate in the 1960s. And I'm sure there is that Chris Angel has since discovered, but Chris Angel is not Conchita. Chris Angel is not an illiterate, excuse me, an illiterate 
12-year-old child. I suppose the implication there that the bishop is saying is that we all should be able to levitate a couple of feet off the ground when we pray. I would really love him to show me that trick because I would do, <clears throat> I'm not even joking, I would do that at every Christmas party. It would just be a thing. Our Lord said to Conchita that she was sa her soul was safer out in the world than it would be in a cloistered convent. And this is at a time when the Spanish are looking at priests like heroes because they, I mean we're talking they had just they had just come out of the Spanish Civil War. Priests and bishops were allowing themselves to be martyred for the cause. They were fighting for the faith against the against the Spanish Republicans, which anytime you hear the phrase Spanish Republicans, you should just read that as communists. They had just beaten the communists in the Spanish communists in a war, and the priests had laid their lives down for the faith. Priests in Spain at this time were heroes. It could not possibly enter into the Spanish Catholic's mind that a priest would betray the church, that a priest would betray the faith. And that is exactly what those bishops did in the Second Vatican Council. They didn't mean to. Most of them thought they were doing the right thing. The problem is, is that most is not all, and some knew exactly what they were doing. Key fun fact is that Garabandal happened to pop off. It started before the Second Vatican Council. It carried in, it carried through the Second Vatican Council. <clears throat> and in the aftermath, <clears throat> and in the aftermath, well, let's face it, it was suppressed. Why? Because Our Lady showed up basically to say that you can't trust the bishops, you can't trust the cardinals, you can't trust the priests, because they're going to lead you astray. She didn't say this explicitly. This is one of those things you have to read between the lines. Many bishops and priests and cardinals are on the road to perdition. Priests, bishops, and cardinals are on the road to perdition. And they will take many of the faithful down that road themselves. <clears throat> she didn't say most at the time, but she very well might have in Akita. Because we can tell, after Garabandal, not all of them, but most. The tone and tenor, when talking about the clerical state, changed from Fatima, basically, to the present. You look at all of the apparitions, the tone and tenor changed over the course of time, and the pivot point was when the Pope did not reveal the third secret of Fatima in 1960, and instead went on with his wicked counsel that had been prophesied as far back as La Salette, if not further. So you remember when I said that you should trust a politician less than you can trust a bishop, a priest, or a cardinal? I mean, there are a couple of bishops that I'm enthusiastic about. And there's a cardinal that I'm enthusiastic about. There's a couple, there's a couple that, I, that I'm, I'm hoping for. But it's going to be a little while before they really come around. 
and they're not the majority. In the U.S. Bishops' Conference, cardinals and all, I can only think of two. Two that I would trust to give good orthodox teaching. Two. What a, what a travesty. I could add a third. <clears throat> I could add a third. There is a, there is in fact a bishop, an archbishop, and a cardinal in the Catholic Church in America that I trust. One each. <clears throat> what a sad state of affairs that is. Because there's like 200. It's <laughs> 1.5%. 1.5%. The rest of them? I don't know. At a minimum, most of the rest of them are cowards. At a minimum. <clears throat> And maybe there's still too much army in me, too much warfighter in me, but I have less use for a coward than I do for a liar. And that's just a fact. Because if I know you're a liar, then you'll probably be full of crap when you say you'll back me up on the battlefield. And so I don't count on you and who knows, you might come through on the battlefield. But a coward? A coward will usually say something to the effect of, oh yeah, I'll be there, and then they're not. And that's much worse. Because a liar can surprise you in a positive direction. But a coward will always stun you. So I have less use for cowards than I do for liars. And most cowards are also liars, in all honesty. So, double whammy there. <clears throat> so how many politicians should you trust? Well, less than three. And I can name them. They have to come from the whole rest of the world, but I can name them. Right now, just one. One. Oof, isn't that a pity? One. Maybe two. I might could give you two. The one would be Georgia Maloney in Italy, and the other one <clears throat> would, probably be, would probably be Jair Bolsonaro in Brazil. Now, Victor Orban... He might could make three, but you'll notice that none of them are American. None of them have any control here. None. And I'll be blunt. I don't care if you're Rand Paul or Marjorie Taylor Greene or any, or any of these so-called good politicians. I don't trust you. I don't trust you. And if they were to prove to be an obstacle, 
Well, there are three op there are three options when it comes to obstacles. Bypass, overcome, or destroy. That's it. <clears throat> now, I can't speak to local politicians in a lot of areas. I'm reticent about finding out who my local politicians are here. And it's mostly because I still got to figure out what are you going to do when you're in an area that is actually controlled by the mob. Oh, they don't realize it here. They don't think of it. I mean, for crying out loud, it's Montana. <clears throat> but I live on the old bootlegger trail. And I know for a fact that's mob. <sighs> so what are you going to do? We'll see. Just have to see. One step at a time. Those are the lessons from Twitter. All of that. You'll notice you, some of that might not seem quite connected. I tried to weave it together for you, but those are the lessons from Twitter. Elon Musk might turn up dead. That's, I mean... They can't very well black bag him. So that's a plus. You don't just make the world's richest man disappear into a black bag. <clears throat> so that's a plus. But our government has killed a president. So what's a tech billionaire? As soon as Elon Musk proves to be more of a liability than an asset. And right now he's an asset because he's developing all sorts of new technologies with his various companies. But the moment he crosses the Rubicon and becomes a, a liability more than he's an asset, he will die. It's that simple. Hopefully not physically. But they'd have to kill him. A guy that smart, they'd have to kill him. <clears throat> there are people... <laughs> this is my final caveat to this whole affair. There are people... who point to the fact that he showed up in a Halloween costume that basically had uh, the popular modern rendition of Moloch on his breastplate. And actually, in the in the in the leather, and <clears throat> I mean, yeah, let's be, let's face it. <sighs> I don't think he is a Catholic. I do, however, think he may have been. <clears throat> and I know that he's not <clears throat> an enemy of Christ. As much as he likes being a rogue, as much as he, as fun as he probably thought the blasphemy he committed was, I don't think he's very much in line one way or the other. And so to my fellow Catholic uh, opinion people, don't read too much into it just yet. We're not done yet. 
He just spent $44 billion to find out what he thought Twitter was, was a lie. And I'm sure he suspected some of it, but the depths of what he is certain to have discovered <clears throat> is probably beyond what he, significantly beyond what he expected. Significantly. And when you get the curtain pulled back that far and you find out that the lie is that big, that has a tendency to change things about your perspective and it leaves you open to other alternatives. So now is the perfect time to add Elon Musk to your prayer intentions. If you, well, I don't know, I suppose it's sort of a double-edged sword because if our prayer intentions, if he's added to, if his conversion is added to our prayer intentions and he does convert, he's in a position he's going to get martyred. <clears throat> <clears throat> That's just a fact. But since it's about souls and not necessarily about bodies, I would add him to your prayer intentions because he seems to be, he will be at a precipice. Let me put it this way. It slipped under the radar. <clears throat> but he has managed to say some things that are very, very Catholic. And you don't just say those things by accident. Those things are rattling around in your head. And so when he says, well, it seems to me that most people go to hell anyway. Yeah, let's say he is a Satanist. He, a Satanist would believe this as well. <clears throat> it seems to me that most people go to hell. So at least I won't be alone. Now, mind you, he said this to somebody <clears throat> who was trying to recruit him to Islam for the Islam's version of heaven. He could have took that one hook, line, and sinker. I mean, Lord knows Andrew Tate did. <sighs> the man who doesn't see exactly how effeminate he really is. Andrew Tate's another story. <clears throat> but there are significant... There's a significant, no, there is, or not significant, there is a not insignificant number of people who convert to Catholicism from Satanism. <clears throat> and those converts are keenly aware. They know. They know what they came from. And I've never heard of a Satan, of a Satanist converting to the faith and then apostatizing. Doesn't mean it's not out there. Maybe there's somebody out there. Who knows? I could see a few of them actually set walking away and going, no, this ain't going to work. But since most Satanists are typically occultists, they're very aware of the, of, of the demonic and how, and how the demonic and angelic hierarchies work. And so I can't imagine a Satanist becoming a Catholic and then walking away from Catholicism. I can imagine a Satanist become a, becoming some other form of Christian and then walking away from that because eventually the feelings don't get you there. But we'll see. 
I would pray for the conversion of Elon Musk. And I would pray for a way to find a way to strike these systems down in such a way that they are never allowed to rebuild. Most people don't understand what the dangers are. They don't really fully comprehend. The wealthiest people in the world got there because of usury, because they figured out that the system was rigged against those people who want honest labor. And then they decided, rather than go the route of honest labor, not that they would go for quick money, but they would go the route of the not idiot. Because let's be real. If you had an opportunity, if take <clears throat> take the faith out of it from a material standpoint altogether and so, and solely. If you had the opportunity to get ahead in a way that didn't deliberately or directly hurt anyone. And not just to get ahead, but to get fantastically ahead, wouldn't you? Now, I want you to take a moment and tell your guardian angel to pipe down for a moment so you can answer the question honestly. And then as soon as you answer that question, let your guardian angel take back over. <clears throat> because if you weren't directly hurting anybody, but you could be wealthy beyond the dreams of avarice, and there was no concern about your eternal soul, You'd be a fool not to take it. Now, as a Catholic, I look at this system and I go, I'd be a fool to do it. You'd have to be stupid to know that your eternal soul's on the line and then walk that path anyway. Because it is easier for a camel to thread the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to get into the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> and this usurious system has to come down. We have to. We have to bring it down. It has to be dismantled and a Catholic system put in its place. The problem is, I don't think anyone's ever written the book, Catholic Economics. And if they have, maybe they have, because actually I can think of a few people, <clears throat> Dietrich von Hildebrand, who might have. But if they have, that book is no longer in print and probably should be. So, Mike, at, the Restoring, the Faith, at Restoring the Faith Media, if you're listening to this, I know you're a finance guy. I know you understand the problems with usury. I trust you would be able to write the book today for Catholic economics. At a minimum, I trust that you would be able to tell me how we can peel this thing apart. Because talking about peeling it apart is not peeling it apart. <clears throat> talking about that, excuse me, talking about how it needs to be peeled apart is not peeling it apart. My brother in Christ, contact me with a battle plan. Because this whole thing's got to go. As 
for everyone else. Don't let the devil blind you. Know that he's going to use whatever tactic he can to blind you. And he doesn't have to fully blind you. He just has to get you to look at something and regard it as somebody else's problem. We're at a point now we can't afford that. Time is entirely too short for our own nation. I don't know what... I don't, I don't, I can't read the tea leaves to figure out exactly what's going to happen, but I know what the outcome is. Especially if it goes according to the predictions of Blessed Marie-Julie Jehenny and Our Lady of La Salette. If it goes any, in any way, shape, or form in that direction, then the Pope goes to Moscow, he comes back from Moscow, and the war starts, and Russian troops make it all the way as far as France before anything ha before anything happens to stop them <clears throat> and in order this is the implied thing with that in order for russian troops to make it all the way to france there is no united states of america to stop them <clears throat> because we wouldn't just let them do it unless we couldn't And that, that, it's not what is said in our case. It is what is not said that should concern us. What is not said is that America saves the day. What is not said is that America plays any part. And if America's not playing any part, given the fact that we're the big kid on the block on the world stage, the question you, if you're from the United States of America, live in the United States of America, or are trying to get into the United States of America, need to ask yourself that question. Why? Why is the United States of America not mentioned in any Catholic prophecy? Now, I'm not one to fill you up on American greatness or anything like that. <clears throat> but if you're Catholic, you know that these things are conditional and that we can fulfill specific conditions that can change the outcome of events within prophecy. <clears throat> and I'm not saying we need to play a role. Maybe we stay out just on general principle. I don't know. I doubt it. Because what indicate what it actually indicates to me is we're not involved, not because we don't want to be involved, <clears throat> but quite simply, we can't. And that means one of two things. A total collapse of the American system, of government, of civilization, of everything, or a civil war. And if it's a civil war, it's going to look something like the Christiada and the war between the Taliban and the Northern Alliance <clears throat> and the war between the, 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 the Hutus and the Tutsis. I think that the war in Rwanda. 
And if it's big enough to keep the American military out of it, then you have to then you have to know instinctively that we're talking about a conflict that successfully engages and occupies 300 million people. And whatever's going on there can be classified by two words. No bueno. I've read the prophecies, I've listened to the words, and we ain't in it. We're just not. And nobody in America is asking why. There are no Catholics in America asking why. Why are we not in it? There are some who are saying, well, okay, there are some who would say, well, that's a good thing. We're not in it. Is it? How many souls are going to be damned because we're not in it? How many people are going to die because we're not in it? How many people died to make it so that we're not in it? Food for thought. Pray for the church. Pray for our leaders. Maybe one of them will accidentally convert. That'd be great. Pray for our nation. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.